This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. This is the monthly episode where we go through all of the latest social media headlines and talk about what they mean for social media pros and entrepreneurs. And before we get into the stories today, I want to ask you a really quick question. If you're on YouTube, you can leave a comment. I believe you can leave comments on Spotify nowadays too, but would you rather have this be its own separate show or separate feed. I hear from a lot of people saying these are the episodes that they tune into. So let me know if you'd rather see this on its own separate playlist. So you can just kind of tune in and binge these. If not, if you're fine, if you have no strong feelings, uh, just let me know how you're doing. I I would love to hear from you either way, but let's get into some TikTok news because TikTok has had a lot going on over the past month. Uh, The biggest thing that we've got to talk about is the removal of many, many popular songs on TikTok. So Universal Music Group, or UMG, has removed music from their artists, which include people like Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, and so, so many more. TikTok is like a silent, uh, popular music-free zone at the moment. So the reason this happened is because Universal Music Group is, you know, trying to protect its artists at least that's how they're they're making it sound. They wrote an open letter to TikTok and said that among other things, TikTok wasn't compensating its artists fairly and allowed the platform to quote be flooded with AI generated recordings as well as developing tools to enable, promote and encourage AI music creation on the platform itself. So, I think that this is for the best of the artists personally, but obviously this leaves people who have been leveraging popular songs or trending sounds that use those popular sounds scrambling. I actually wrote about this at length on LinkedIn. I started a newsletter that's all about kind of content creation and the value of authoritative content. So I'll leave a link for that if you want to subscribe to it. I wrote a long piece about why I actually don't think we should be looking at this as a negative thing as creators, we should actually really be looking at this as an opportunity to use our own voices, to rethink our strategies, to not rely on those trending sounds so much, not rely on that popular music so much. But obviously that's a tomorrow thing. A lot of you are probably scrambling and trying to figure out what to do about today. Because if you look on your TikTok, you're going to see a lot of your videos have been muted if they used any of those sounds. Luckily, TikTok does have a feature where you can go in and easily replace the audio. I did it for a couple of my videos that were silenced and all was well, but it is a pain and it is just a reminder that we can't rely on something that can be taken away at any second to drive our strategies forward. We'll see if it gets replaced. I would find it very hard to believe that it won't get replaced fixed, but just like the actors strike over the summer, you know, it might take a while until they reach an agreement. And I also think this is an interesting space for Instagram right now, since to my knowledge, most of those sounds are still available there. 
All right. Another big piece of TikTok news is that they are going full on YouTube, apparently. So the platform came out. Some users were noticing notifications or pop-ups in their app saying that the platform will boost horizontal videos that are longer than one minute within 72 hours of posting. And it looks like creators who've been on TikTok for more than three months will be eligible for the viewership boost, whatever that means, as long as the videos are not ads or from political parties. Now, I did not see this. I allegedly meet this criteria. I've been on TikTok for longer than three months. I did not get any type of notification about this or see anything in my app. Let me know if you did. I'm curious kind of what the qualifications are. Maybe you have to be a part of their creator program or something. Not sure, but I did go ahead and test out a horizontal video just because I have so much horizontal video content as a YouTuber. I did two tests. I tested just a short clip, which performed below average, uh, but the functionality is pretty cool because when you upload it, it gives you a little prompt in the viewer. I'll put an overlay for those watching on YouTube of what it looks like. It gives you a little um, prompt to click on it, and then it will automatically move things into full screen to make it really easy to view horizontally. And then I also tried posting a full YouTube video. I did a 10 minute YouTube video and that one did not get a single like within 24 hours. So I just deleted it. I know people say to never delete your TikToks, but I was like, I don't know. I feel like this isn't doing anything. So let me know if you've had more success. Again, maybe they are selectively boosting people who are part of their programs or who knows? I also, you know, something that always has bothered me a bit about TikTok is the vagueness. I just feel like there's kind of a lack of transparency there. Like what does a boost mean and who qualifies for it? Uh, not me, but either way, I think this is something we should all be paying attention to. Obviously they are doubling down on trying to compete with YouTube on trying to capture that long form and horizontal audience. And I am not surprised to see this shift from vertical video to horizontal video, to be honest. And the reason for this is just um, biology. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, our eyeballs are not on top of each other. I understand that we're watching things more and more on mobile, but I think the human the human eye will always prefer a horizontal shot for anything longer than a minute or so, just because it is more comfortable to watch because our eyes are next to each other. So this isn't surprising and uh, we'll keep watching it, of course. Before we get into the rest of the stories, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Metricool. Just in case you're new here and haven't heard of them before, Metricool is an all-in-one social media platform, and I personally use it for my business as well as my clients, and I couldn't recommend it anymore. And while they do have a free forever plan, their pro plans unlock valuable features so you can grow and maintain your online presence for yourself, your clients, or even your own business. Some of the amazing premium features that are available across plans are management of multiple brands, analysis of up to 100 competitors, customizable links for any of your social media bios, downloadable reports that you can even automate monthly. That's huge. A hashtag search engine for Instagram and TikTok. You can assign team member roles and client access. You can integrate with Data Studio and so much more. So be sure to create a free account today, totally free forever. But if you want to try out one of those premium plans, you can use my code Latasha at the link down below to get 30 days free. Now, Twitter. Twitter had a bit of a scandal recently after 
there were some uh, explicit AI fakes going around of Taylor Swift, the, of course, biggest pop star in the world right now. The feeds were just flooded with these fake images of her. I didn't look at them. I don't really even know what they were. I had no desire to even contribute to any type of traffic or anything in that regard. So I don't exactly know what they were about, but I could use my imagination here. Apparently there were so many of them and so much uh, you know, traffic going to them that Twitter actually shut down the ability to search for Taylor Swift's name temporarily in the app. It's back now, seems like it's been cleaned up, which is great, but this was one of the first big kind of shakeups, kind of incidents of AI being used for this type of material in this non-consensual way. And it caught the attention of a lot of people. Obviously, Twitter paid attention and and I think did the right thing in that situation. But also SAG-AFTRA issued a statement about it, saying that the fake images were upsetting, harmful, and deeply concerning, and that the development and dissemination of fake images, especially those of a lewd nature without someone's consent, must be made illegal. Microsoft's CEO said that the fake Swift images were alarming and terrible and that we have to act. Irrespective of what your standing on any particular issue is, I think we all benefit when the online world is a safe world. And these images even caught the attention of the White House. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that we're alarmed by the reports and there should be legislation, obviously, to deal with this issue. This is something that, again, is not surprising at all. I think most people, but particularly a lot of women and particularly a lot of women who are online or have any type of any fraction of, you know, a following or or a public image thought about this when AI really started to take over and it's happened. And I'm sure it will continue to happen until something is really, really done about it. Another competitor for X is here. Well, it's been here for a while, Blue Sky. Blue Sky is a platform that was actually founded by former Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey. And for the past few years, the past two years since it's been in existence, it has been invite only. Now, I was very lucky to secure an invite maybe a year ago, and I was both very excited by it and also very disappointed by it. I was excited because it is Twitter. Like it looks like old Twitter and it just brought that flood of positivity back into my life of community of just fun nerds hanging out. I was so excited, but I was disappointed because there's just not much going on on there. There are not a lot of people on there. And when I joined, there were still some concerns about accessibility, about safety. So I think they wanted to work out some of the kinks. Now they opened the doors to everybody, no invite needed this past week. And we'll see what that looks like in terms of downloads and user base, but my fear is that they waited too long. My fear is that we already have a clear front runner here in Threads by Instagram. We'll talk about them in a second. And also, I think a lot of people are actually going back to Twitter. It's an election year. And as much as Twitter annoys me sometimes with a lot of the changes that they've made and their CEO is doing wacky things all the time, it really is the best place for real-time events. When I'm watching a town hall or a debate or learning about candidates, Twitter still is the place to go for that stuff. 
Even fun pop culture events like the Grammys happened recently, and I am a huge award show nut. I love watching award shows, and I couldn't get real-time chatter, you know, banter back and forth on threads like I could on Twitter, so I found myself going on Twitter and liking tweets throughout the night. So anyway, my point is Blue Sky may be a little too late, but I could absolutely be wrong. Let me know if you plan to check out Blue Sky and uh, follow me, I guess, over there. I think my username is at the Latasha James as well. Let's talk about YouTube before we hop over to meta news because there's a bunch of it. YouTube is, by and large, still the most widely used online platform for young adults or adults in general, I guess. Pew Research Center surveyed 5,733 U.S. adults And this research was conducted late last year from May to September of 2023. And it looks like YouTube is still the front runner when it comes to platforms that people use. 83% of adults surveyed said that they use YouTube. Facebook was 68%, Instagram 47%, Pinterest 35%, TikTok 33%, LinkedIn 30%, WhatsApp 29%, Snapchat 27%, Twitter, 22, Reddit, 22, and Be Real at a whopping 3%. Now, obviously, we could probably spend an entire episode digging into this report on its own because higher usage doesn't necessarily mean that that is the right place that you should be or the place that you should focus. But I do think it is a part of the story. And as a content creator, business owner, I hear all the time that I am missing out, that I am asleep at the wheel, FOMO, all of this stuff, because I am not going all in on platforms like TikTok or even Snapchat, which is gaining some popularity among creators again. But, you know, if you want to look at your best shot at reaching a large amount of people, to me, this data still shows that None of these platforms have the potential reach of YouTube. They just don't. A lot of people go on YouTube. I mean, even more than Facebook. And and who doesn't have a Facebook, even if we don't use it that much, right? So it still is a really great bet. And I think that we need to think about that when we're thinking about our content strategies for ourselves, for our clients. I think we need to think about YouTube when we're thinking about our advertising strategies for ourselves or our clients. And I just think there is a world of possibility on YouTube still. I did a podcast recently kind of talking about some of the negatives of YouTube, and I'm not sure I got my point across very clearly that I still absolutely am so grateful for YouTube. And I still think that it is the best place to promote your business nowadays. So let me know what you think. Are you interested in trying out YouTube? Do you currently use YouTube? I think there's just so much possibility and um, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the months to come. Another thing that YouTube is doing that I'm very excited about is they recently launched a new RSS feed integration for podcasters. I've been talking about it for many, many months, really years at this point, that YouTube is investing in video podcasting. Well, it looks like they're investing in podcasting in general, not just video. You can now upload audio only to YouTube, which I think is amazing. I always tell people, hey, listen, if you can record video with your podcast, it's going to get you more possibilities when it comes to repurposing for short form platforms and things like that. It's also going to get you access to that 83% of Americans who use YouTube. It's going to widen your pool of discoverability. But I understand if you don't want to, you can't 
you know, you don't have the time. Well, now they're making it even simpler. You can just upload the audio as is and get access to that distribution of YouTube. So very exciting news there. All right. And a quick note on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is removing its creator mode option. So there's been a an option to sign up for LinkedIn, not just as a normal person, I suppose, but as a creator for a while now. And that gave you access to certain features like having hashtags next to your profile, having a follow button instead of a connect button. Well, they are actually removing that option and basically wrapping those creator features into all LinkedIn profiles. I think this is pretty cool. I think it's a smart move because let's face it, whether we like it or not, I think most people nowadays, most professionals are having to kind of act as creators, even if they wouldn't label themselves that way. So it makes sense for us all to have the option to follow as opposed to connect or have some of these additional features. Here's what LinkedIn said. We're eager to bring the best of creator mode to more LinkedIn members. In the coming months, we'll be opening up additional creator tool access and deeper analytics to all members, investing in the tools we've heard work best for sharing and building an audience and removing the need to toggle creator mode on and off. For members who previously turned on creator mode, they'll continue to have access to our suite of creation tools and deeper analytics. With the removal of the creator mode toggle, we'll also be streamlining the look and feel of the profile by removing the talks about hashtags and moving the about section back to the top of the profile. Side note, I think LinkedIn is such an amazing platform. I mean, I know I've said it here and there before, but this year LinkedIn has been responsible for pretty much all of the gigs that I've booked and all of the cool things that I've done so far. So I, I think I might have like a little workshop in, in me that I want to teach soon on just maximizing your profile and stuff free, free 99. I'm going to work on putting that together over the next month or so, because I've got a lot to say about LinkedIn. And I think it's actually very underutilized as we see from that Pew Research Center report. All right, let's get into meta. There's quite a bit of, of updates from meta. First off, overall, across its platforms, let's go back to that Taylor Swift Twitter AI thing. Well, Meta is actually expanding its AI image labeling to include AI-generated content from other platforms. Meta said that it'll start labeling content generated by other companies' AI platforms. Along with requiring that people disclose when content includes generative AI features, Meta also will use its own AI technology to identify generative AI content and enforce policies. Changes planned for the coming months include meta-labeling images from companies like Google, Adobe, Microsoft, OpenAI, Midjourney, and Shutterstock. So in other words, if you upload a Midjourney-created image of Taylor Swift or uh, President Joe Biden or whoever, it's going to recognize that it is AI and label it as such. And my understanding is they really wanted to push this out before we get too deep into election season, because as we've know, I mean, I'm sure we've all already seen AI images of politicians or leaders of countries and things that are a little confusing. I've seen some that have actually been pretty convincing. I think one of Boris Johnson getting arrested, it actually like I had to look at it a little closer to realize that it wasn't real. So transparency is only going to help us and prevent any, you know, weird election situations. Now let's go to Threads. Threads is testing the ability to save posts 
as it continues to compete with X. One of my favorite features of X or Twitter was the ability to scroll, see interesting posts or see interesting articles that maybe I didn't have time to read at that moment, or maybe that I wanted to uh, respond to later, but didn't have the brain power to come up with a nice, well-worded tweet and response. And that's one of the big things that has been missing from threads. Well, Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, announced that the feature is coming in a threads post last week, noting that the company had just started a limited test. If you have this test enabled on your threads feed, you can find it under the three dot menu in the top right corner of a post. Apparently it's hidden under more options. So it's not just like a quick one, one tap. Maybe they'll change that once it's out of testing mode, but I am personally here for this. I've seen so many threads posts that I want to reference later, even like for these videos, I'm like, oh, cool. I should include this in, you know, the podcast and I can't find it again. So this would be really awesome. They've also opened up about how their algorithm works. Threads, like pretty much all social platforms, are driven by an AI algorithm. That is what determines what you are seeing in your feed, when your posts are seen by other people. And they have went ahead and kind of given some high level insight into how that actually works. So I'll give you like the three steps that are listed here. So first, the system gathers inventory. It gathers a portion of the public content available in threads and all the content posted by accounts you follow, which may include text posts, photos, and videos that follow our quality and integrity rules. Next, they leverage signals. The AI system considers a variety of input signals about the content. These signals might include how you've engaged with similar accounts, content, or your interests. And third, they rank the content. Content that the system predicts will provide more value for you is shown higher in your feed. This helps the system make content recommendations that more closely match your preferences. So the long story short is what you're interacting with, who you're following significantly impacts what you're seeing and likely what other people are seeing of you as well. It's interesting because I took a break from threads. I mentioned in a podcast, one of my mini audio only episodes that something I'm doing this year is giving myself 15 minutes on social platforms like threads and Instagram, which I think really, um, let's say are not great for my mental health. And before I made the decision to do that, I was offline for like two weeks, totally offline. And when I got back online, I noticed my algorithm, like my feed was just a mess. I just hated every single post that I was seeing. It was just the most argumentative, most condescending, uh, just bad vibes, you know? And I actually think me limiting my time on threads is kind of hurting me in terms of the algorithm because I'm not spending as much time liking posts, commenting on posts that I actually do like. So instead it's sending me things that are based on a lot of maybe the people who follow me or things that I've interacted with in the past. And so I don't know the answer to that. I think I just need to be a little bit more intentional about what I am liking to hopefully encourage more of that stuff in my feed. And lastly, let's head to Instagram. A couple of updates from them. Instagram is testing an option to preview feed post placement before publishing. Now, if you're already using a tool like our friends Metricool, you 
probably don't have an issue with this, but if you are posting anything manually, just on your phone, on the go, this is a nice little feature to have. This has been spotted on a few users, their own profiles. When they go in to post something, they have the option either via a button or just kind of a panel on their screen that is gonna show what that post is gonna look like alongside the entire feed. Now, this is interesting because I think it's become kind of popular in the social media world to say that, you know, your feed doesn't really matter anymore. Nowadays, it's all about the content. It's all about how they stand on their own. And we don't really need this overly curated, cohesive feed. I've always kind of disagreed with that advice because, you know, sure, your followers don't really care what your feed looks like in most cases, but it's sort of a billboard for yourself, right? If somebody is just going to your profile and they're learning about you for the first time, well, it is important. They are going to be looking at the overall vibe and brand of your feed. So I do pay attention to it, not saying it limits me from posting what I want to post or I let this kind of guide my strategy, but you know, you want to make sure that your posts look cohesive together. So this is cool, I guess, again, for those one-off posts, if you're using a scheduler, you probably already have a feature like this. And lastly, a celebration is in order here. Instagram has allowed us to turn off our read receipts on our messages. Thank you, Instagram. Thank you. I reported on this uh, maybe an episode or two ago that they were talking about this. I believe it was back in November and they've done it. They've went ahead and done it. So if you would like to turn off your read receipts, you go to privacy and safety and then messages and story replies. And there is an option within there to turn those off. I think this is great, particularly for business owners who want to stay on top of their messages, particularly when it comes to customer support or sales, but don't always have the answer right away. You know, a lot of times, even though I ask my, my course students or my clients to email me at my professional business email, a lot of times I get messages from them on DM and I don't have my computer in front of me. You know, I'll be like, at the hair salon or wherever checking my DMs. And I, so I can't help in that moment. And then it's, you know, sometimes I feel like it looks negative that I've read it and I'm just not responding to them. And it just puts a lot of pressure. And I think that when we think about how social media affects our mental health, that sense of urgency and anxiety, I think this is just good all around. Let me know what you think about read receipts and just about any of the stories that we talked about today. I really love hearing from you and your perspectives on these episodes. If you wanna leave me a comment on YouTube or on Spotify, I believe you can do that there. You can also always send me an Instagram DM or tag me over there at the Latasha James. And yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Look forward to hearing what you think. And I will be back for a new episode on Friday on the YouTube channel. I also do mini episodes throughout the week on the audio platforms on Spotify, Apple, wherever else you get your podcasts. So you can search for me, subscribe to me over there as well if you're not yet. And yeah, I'll talk to you in the next one. Have a great weekend. Bye.